Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago. It's the Chicago White Sox 3, the Cleveland Guardians nothing. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And yeah, I do have Apple TV Plus, luckily. Uh, I think my parents get it from some cell phone dealer. Some some reason my parents get it. So I was able to log in and watch. I know when these things happen, whether the game's on Peacock or Apple TV Plus, it makes it challenging to watch. Um, and it was a challenging game for the Guardians. Uh you know, we're, I'm recording right now this morning, and there's a huge thunderstorm passing through Cleveland. So if you hear some thunder uh, crashing in the background, I'm curious if the microphone's going to pick it up because kind of right in the middle of the storm right now. So we will see what happens here. Um, it was a disappointing game for the Guardians. The offense just, I mean, couldn't get rolling at all. And we weren't even facing... One of the White Sox best pitchers because they've traded them away in the last like four, 28, 24, 48 hours, right? They trade away more players uh, before this game. And uh, so they have to start Tuki Toussaint, who was with us in spring training, who didn't make the roster, who went down to AAA for us, who eventually got DFA'd uh, for making a brief appearance. And now he's with the White Sox and now he's up here and he's pitched great against us. I unbelievable that this would happen against Tuki Toussaint. Uh, I thought for sure we were going to light this guy up. And uh, we load the bases in the first inning. And everything's looking great. Uh, Quan with a leadoff walk. Jimenez smashes one at 103.2. It goes as a fielding error, but 103.2, that's not, that's a really hard hit ball. After Ramirez line out, Josh Naylor would single. We got the bases loaded. And then Josh Bell comes up and grounds into a double play. And apparently that's what Tuki Toussaint needed to uh, go into lockdown mode. Uh, he, he literally the next time through the order, uh, he puts them all down. The only one who can get a hit is Josh Naylor. Uh, he was the only one who can get a hit all night. Uh, he singles in the fourth. So between his single in the first and his single in his fourth, that's it. That's the offense right there. Um, and anytime, anytime I thought, okay, here we go. We're going to get something rolling. Uh, they would just, the offense would just crumble. Uh, Gonzalez would have a leadoff single in the fifth inning. Uh, but Tucson would handle it. A pop-out from Bo Naylor. Gabriel Arias would strike out. He had himself a bad day offensively. And then Quan would ground out. He'd hit it hard, 99.3. Uh, Quan, you know, I don't think the White Sox is the team for him. Uh, with Ben Attendee in left field, it feels like Ben Attendee is always ready for Stephen Quan. He, uh, he lined out in the eighth inning. And it, it wasn't a high expected batting average. It was only a 140 expected batting average. But it was one of his classic kind of slash swings uh, and line shots in the left field. And it just felt like Ben Attendee, like was just all over it. Knew exactly where the ball was going. Knew exactly the depth to play Stephen Kwan at. I, I feel like the White Sox just know him a little bit better than other teams we play. And Ben Attendee is just all over him when he's up to bat. So we'll see if he can drop some in the left field, uh, you know, before this series is over. Uh, so yeah, so then, 
They do have another uh, nailer with a double, but nothing turns out of it in the sixth. They do have another leadoff single in the seventh, and I thought to myself, okay, here we go. Here we go. It's a 2-0 game, a leadoff single. Let's go. Instead, Oscar Gonzalez grounds into a double play. So anytime, anytime you thought the offense might start to get cooking, they really, they really kind of shoot themselves in the foot, don't they? They really take the steam out of it. Ninth inning, Jose Ramirez with a leadoff single. This time, Naylor doesn't get the hit. He flies out. Josh Bell would strike out. Brennan gets hit by the pitch, and suddenly you're like, ooh, the tying run is at the plate. Hey, Oscar Gonzalez, a lot of power here. You know, uh, maybe this maybe this is going to be the at-bat that brings Oscar Gonzalez, you know, like officially back, right, with a big game-tying home run here. We've done it before to Chicago. I had my hopes up, and instead, after laying off a slider in the dirt, he chases three sliders down and away out of the strike zone from Gregory Santos, and I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, he they didn't fix him. They didn't fix it. I, the one thing you know that was troubling about him was going out of the strike zone, chasing breaking balls away, uh, and he he's three just awful swings, awful swings. The fourth the, the fourth pitch being I, even the worst. The other two are at least on the plate. They're just on the outside edge and down below the strike zone. That fourth one is, I mean, a, a foot or two off the plate. And he could not resist. He he could not pick it up. He could not read it. He threw him the same pitch four times in a row. And he just could not read it. That's troubling. That he can't lay off a pitch this far out. So, oh boy, we still have our work cut out for us with Oscar Gonzalez there. Um, so, yeah, so just a terrible day offensively. And we make Toussaint look great. Uh, Toussaint, and we make their whole their pitching staff look great. Toussaint goes five innings pitch, three hits, no runs, obviously. One walk, four strikeouts on 83 pitches. He's only hard hit seven times. Tanner Banks comes in and gets him three innings of relief. Two hits, no earned runs, no walks, two strikeouts on only 30 pitches to get through three innings, and he's only hard hit once. That means the guy was averaging 10 pitches per inning. He was cruising through this game. And then Santos comes on and gets the save in the ninth. With two strikeouts. So, uh, what was working for Toussaint and especially Tanner Banks and Santos, frankly, uh, they all had decently high whiff rates. Tuki Toussaint was on his curveball. He threw the curveball the most of any pitch. We knew that was his pitch, but man, the commitment to it 29 times. On 17 swings, we whiff eight times. It's a 47% whiff rate on his curveball. 47%. We swung outside the zone 47 times for our 47% of the time. We chased that outside of the zone. We had a 25% contact rate outside of the zone on that curveball. I I think we were chasing that curveball just a little bit there. Uh, it's a 37% whiff rate total on the day for Tuki Tucson. Um, Tanner Banks comes in. It doesn't really have a high whiff rate here. I mean, he was just attacking. We were putting the ball in play with not much to show for it. And then Santos comes in and has a 71% whiff rate on his slider. Five whiffs on seven swings. And three of those are credited to Oscar Gonzalez. So that's still ridiculous. A 71% whiff rate on your pitch. 
that's insanity. Um, so what, that's what was going on for the White Sox pitching staff. On the other side of things, it was a bullpen day for the Guardians. Honestly, honestly, I don't blame any of these guys for the loss. I, they all, frankly, pitched fairly well for a bullpen day. Xavion Curry gets the start. He, he, he does struggle a little bit. No strikeouts, three walks on 54 pitches. He's only hard hit five times, about five times over three innings. I guess you extrapolate that out to like a five or six inning start. It's probably not that good of a hard hit percentage. Um, so yeah, so, uh, but he only manages to give up one run. Only gives up one run on a solo home run in the first inning. Uh, to uh, Luis Robert, who is having himself a good season. Uh, so uh, yes, yeah, that's I mean that's that's all right. That's all right for a bullpen day for being an opener that goes three innings to give up one run on a solo home run. No matter how much you struggled to get there, that's all right. I we can live with that. Daniel Norris comes in out of the bullpen, the veteran who pitched a long time for the Tigers, who's been with us uh, this season. You know, they actually had a lot of interesting comments uh, talking to him. I was listening to the radio broadcast at this point. I had to give my son a bath. What are you going to do? I uh, couldn't pull up Apple TV on my phone, so I had to listen to the radio broadcast for a while. And they were talking a long time about Daniel Norris and how he's enjoying the experience in AAA and being a mentor now at this stage of his career and probably just glad he'd still be playing baseball at this point in his career. It, it never really went that right for him in Detroit. Uh, never really had a great season. Uh, but he comes in and gives you a decent relief appearance here, a long relief appearance, two and two-thirds innings, only gives up two hits, three strikeouts, but he does give up the solo home run. He gives up the solo home run to Jake Berger, and uh, Berger, again, my God, just mashes against us. And, uh, yeah, hey, I, I one run over two and two-thirds of long relief, I, I'd kind of take that. I'm kind of okay with that. Sandlin comes in. He looks pretty dominant. He had three strikeouts in an inning and a third. And then Michael Kelly, unfortunately, gives up a couple hits, gives up a run uh, in the uh, eighth inning, in the bottom of the eighth inning, to kind of push that lead out, make it that much harder for us in the top of the ninth. So you'd like to see him kind of hold things down there, uh, but he kind of struggles through his uh, one inning of relief. So... I mean, clearly, this isn't the stars of the bullpen here. This is the back end of the bullpen. These are the, the, the bottom of the bullpen guys. Uh, they managed at three in it, three runs over this game. It's not it's not bad. It's not a bad job by our pitchers. Um, was anything working for anybody? Um, Curry, only an 18% whiff rate, only a 19% CSW. He was really, he was kind of struggling on this one, but luckily was able to limit some damage. Uh, Norris just threw a ton of changeups. My God, 30 changeups to 13 fastballs and one sweeper. The point of the changeup is to change a pace, uh, but he just committed to it. It had a 43% whiff rate. So I guess why not? Uh, why not? They had an outside the zone contact percentage of only 29%. So they were chasing it. Um, Sandlin comes in. His slider was working really well for him. He threw that the most. It had a 57% whiff rate. Obviously, with these guys in relief appearances, these numbers can be inflated. Uh, so, yeah. So, and Michael Kelly, uh, 
uh, could not get anyone to whiff. Uh, seven swings, zero whiffs, zero percent whiff rate. So that's not that great. Um, so he did struggle in his inning. So that's what was going on on the pitching side of things. Uh, so, I, I mean, there's not a lot of detail in this game when the offense just can't get rolling. I what what is there to you know to to analyze? Uh, we just keep hammering these guys who are taking really bad swings for having bad approaches at the plate. Um, I do want to see where those home run pitches were because uh, I know the one to Burger yeah was right down the middle. Uh, a left-handed pitcher with a fastball right down the middle of the pipe, and he hits this thing at 111.6 miles per hour to dead center field. Uh, yeah, maybe stop throwing burger pitches, I mean, right down the middle of the plate. All three of his home run swings, it's not like he's gone down and got one. Or, uh, you know, it's nothing he's doing. I, the pitchers have been teeing them up for burger. I think all three of his home runs this series have come right down the middle. Uh, Curry, the home run he gave up to Luis Robert, it was an outside pitch. It was a fastball up on the outside edge that he hits at 104.2 miles per hour. Uh, let's see uh, what these home runs would have been, right? Uh, I'm guessing Burgers is 30 out of 30. Uh, yes, 30 out of 30 for Jake Burgers. Uh, Luis Roberts was 19 out of 30 ballparks. It would have been a home run. So still uh, a pretty good shot there. All right. Uh, I, I think I'm kind of wrapped on this game. I, I, I got some more things to talk about here. Uh, I, you know, we talked about Burger just, he's been killing us. He's been absolutely killing us, and Baseball Reference is updated this morning, and I can tell you that, yes, indeed, he is killing us. The most home runs against any team this season is against Cleveland with five. The most RBIs against any team this season is Cleveland with nine. The most hits against any team this season is Cleveland with nine. Uh, It's not his highest OPS or batting average. Uh, You know, some of the teams with smaller sample sizes, uh, it's, you know, ridiculous numbers. But uh, he is killing us. A 310 batting average against us. An 897 slugging percentage against us. That's not his OPS. Just the slugging is 897. His OPS against us is 1240. I mean, absolutely killing the Cleveland Guardians this season. On the, on the other side of things, Naylor, again, Naylor had a three-hit day. He was the only one offensively that was doing anything, you know, a couple hits sprinkled here and there for other guys, but Naylor was trying, trying offensively, and he's been crushing the White Sox this season. Um, he's got a uh, a 471 batting average against the Chicago White Sox this season. 471 with a 1206 OPS. He's got a ridiculous 500 on base percentage against the uh, uh, Chicago White Sox this season. So, uh, yeah, I think the most hits, let's see here. I believe the most hits, no, the Kansas City Royals. Oh, the Kansas City Royals have 15 hits against them. Man, he's killing them too. And the Boston Red Sox, 10 hits. He's hitting 500 against the Red Sox this season. Uh, and then 471 against the Chicago White Sox. So, uh, apparently, if you have Sox in the name, uh, Josh Naylor is having a great season against you. So those are the two guys I did want to check in. I guess we'll see maybe by Sunday what those numbers are looking like. Uh, there's still two games left in this series, so a long way to go against the White Sox. So 
let's put this game behind us. MVP on the day is clearly Josh Naylor. He was the only one doing anything uh, for the offense. Three hits on the day. Uh, Naylor is your MVP on the day, but it was not the Guardians' day. Uh, so let's put this game behind us. We do have some more to talk about. Uh, we do have an email I want to read real quick while we're talking Chicago. Uh, we do have an email from Zach in Illinois. I forgot our resident uh, you know, Chicago fan, Zach in Illinois, checking in. He said, got to see our boys in the first game of the post-Ahmed era tonight in person from Chicago. We had fantastic seats, four rows back from the dugout. This is the game, this is the game we won. This is Thursday night's game. One thing that was so clear was Josh Naylor's leadership on this team. Always talking, joking around, uh, and the players rally to him. Uh, he sent me a picture of uh, Josh and Bo Naylor chatting outside the dugout. He said, great game tonight. Hope we keep it rolling the rest of the weekend, Zach. Uh, well, we didn't keep it rolling in Friday night's game, but there's still two games left, Zach. So hang in there. No reason we can't still win this series. Uh, like I said, we've kind of been on a hot streak winning series. So we'll see if we can keep it going for you there. Um Let's go to uh, a conversation I told you we were going to have. Tanner Bybee. Remember I told you I was going to wait to see if Fangraphs updated. And we could take a look and see how Tanner Bybee is doing. So I sorted Fangraphs here. I had to change the qualified innings pitch because he wasn't qualifying based on uh, what Fangraphs defaulted to. So I changed the qualifying innings pitch to 50 innings pitched. This is American League starters. Just American League starters. As far as war goes, uh, F4, you could say, because it's fan graphs, Kevin Gossman is pacing the American League at 3.9 war. Uh, Bybee comes in at 23rd, right above Shane Bieber. Uh, Bieber, 23rd and 24th, uh, four American League starters. Uh, Bybee is 1.8 war. Uh, Bieber was at 1.6 war. So... Not bad, not bad in the you know in the top twenty five there. Okay, not bad. But when you start to sort some other things here, kind of looks kind of looks impressive when you look by just straight ERA. Um, he actually is in there towards the top of the list. He comes in tenth in the American League with a three eleven ERA. You want to know who's leading the American League in ERA? When again, I had to change the qualified innings pitched. Aaron Savali. At a 2.54 ERA, Savali is leading the American League starters in ERA. That was surprising to me. And Bybee comes in 10th. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, going into some more of the advanced stats, um, you know, for pitchers, for, for hitters, we have OPS plus. For pitchers, we have ERA minus, which, again, a minus stat, you want to be below 100. Uh, and again, pacing the American League starters at an ERA minus of 59 is Aaron Savali. He's been pitching good since he came back from that injury. Bivey comes in seventh for American League starters, right above Kevin Gossman, actually, or tied with Kevin Gossman uh, at 73 ERA minus. But Bivey comes in seventh amongst American League starters. That's not, that's not too shabby. Uh, his strikeout rate isn't that high compared to the rest of the American League. Glass now from Tampa Bay is leading the league at 12.84 strikeouts per nine. Uh, Bybee comes in at 29th at 9.13. So not up there at the top of all the strikeout pitchers. But the last thing I wanted to look at was win probability added. Uh, and when it comes to win probability... Uh, Bybee is actually, again, 
near the top of this list. Uh, Garrett Cole is pacing all of the American League at 2.5 with a win probability added of 2.5. Savali is fourth at 1.56 and Bybee is sixth in the American League at 1.34. So, you know, when we talk about Bybee becoming the ace of the staff, um, it's the numbers kind of support this. Like he is in certain metrics. He is up there near the top of the American League. In some of these stats, and Savali right along with him having a great, you know, second half of the season. It's it's nice to see that we still got the pitching, right? We still these guys, Bybee is figuring it out at this level, and he is handling himself. He is really doing a good job uh at this level. So uh it was cool to see. I I, I thought he might be up there. I thought he might have some decent numbers compared to the rest of the league. Um and the numbers kind of prove out that way. Yeah, he is he is up there uh, in a pretty respectable spot with the rest of the league here. So I thought that was fun to take a look at. Um, so uh, thank you, Zach, for the email. Um, also checking in in the inbox, we got to give shout out to Marlon. Uh, you know, he had his thoughts on the game. Uh, apparently, this was the ninth time the offense has been shut out this season. Uh, I can't believe they were shut out by Toussaint, Banks, and Santos. Uh, the White Sox, who have traded Giolito, Lopez, Lynn, Kelly, and Graverman in the past couple of days, trouted out the B team on the mound and got it done tonight. With the Twins playing the Royals, by the way, the Twins lost to the Royals. Cleveland needed to sweep this lifeless White Sox team to keep pace. I think we've seen Marlin this season that, whether it's Kansas City, whether it's the White Sox, we just we don't seem to sweep teams. We win series, but we don't seem to bury teams, even the bad ones. Um, so, yeah. So, he he wants to see Josh Bell move down in the lineup. Yeah, I, Bell does seem to be cooling off after he was heating up. So, we'll see how Francona handles that. Um, yeah. So, Marlon had very similar thoughts to uh, to what I had today. So, thank you, Marlon, as always, for emailing in. All right. That's all my thoughts on this one. Uh, let's wrap this one up. Uh, before the thunderstorm knocks out the power and knocks out my internet, let's wrap this one up. Uh, actually, actually, hang on, hang on, hang on. I had one more little detail for you from last night. Did you catch the Dodgers game at all? Did you check in on the box score of the Dodgers game? Ahmed Rosario did make his first start. Look, I'm not going to do this every day, but I had to check, right? Uh, he goes two for four with an RBI, with a run scored, with a double, in this one, a single and a double. So, uh, yeah, Ahmed Rosario had himself a good game in his first appearance for the Dodgers. So, uh, he was hitting fifth. He was starting at shortstop. Uh, they moved Miguel Rojas over to second. They moved Kiki Hernandez out to the outfield. Uh, him and Chris Taylor were in uh, center field and left field, respectively. And they made room for Ahmed Rosario at shortstop. So... There you go. And the Reds did have a uh, a left-handed pitcher on the mound in Williamson. I did check that when the lineups were coming out. So, uh, you know, uh, he got to face a lefty uh, in his first start for the Dodgers, which we know Ahmed Rosario hits lefties. So I'm not going to do that every day, but I definitely had to check on his first game to see how he did. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning where we kind of bounced around and talked about a few different things. The final was uh, the White Sox 3, the Guardians nothing. 
We'll be back tomorrow. The rest of this weekend, uh, you got a Saturday night game, which is going to be Logan Allen on the mound. And then uh, Sunday is going to be Volley wrapping things up. Syndergaard is going to make his first start at Houston uh, on Monday night. So uh, get ready for that one. That's going to be interesting. So uh, they haven't announced a starter yet. We'll see who we're facing for the White Sox tonight. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at Mornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game. We'll discuss it on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Spotify. If you go to the link in the show notes, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.